Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Thai France to my Julio Rodriguez. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how are you doing? Uh, feeling healthy, feeling right, feeling uh, ready to make a push. And our very own Jesse Winker. That's right. It's Eric Ronovic. Eric, how are you doing? <laughs> I guess I'll be Jesse Winker. Who are these hey. guys? Who are these guys? <laughs> I don't know, but the... I've heard that you got to love them. All right, so we got to start off with a little Seahawks news. And the most important Seahawks news this week, of course, is that a lawsuit has been filed. You guys heard about this? The Skittles lawsuit? Yes. So, taste the toxin. That was the headline. Skittles unfit for human consumption. Skittles contain an ingredient called titanium dioxide, which renders them unfit for human construction. They're at high, you're at heightened risk for a host of health effects. Uh, the chemical substance is able to change your DNA. Is are, Should we worry about Marshawn Lynch, guys? He already had changed DNA. Watch him on the field. I mean, what I'll say is <laughs> if that's what it does to your DNA, I wish I'd have eaten more Skittles. Yeah. Have you seen the ESPN body issue with Marshawn? Let's get, let's, let's pack it in. You think, you think that, well, but it this could be random. This is towards know, evolution. Mutations are random. So like some people are probably going to end up more like Geno Smith than, uh, than, <laughs> Speaking of Geno Smith, DK Metcalf released a workout video where he was working out with Geno in the offseason. Is is Geno Smith the favorite to be the starting quarterback this year, Eric? What do you think? Uh, are we going for the number one pick? Or are we? what are we doing this year? Uh, no, Drew Locke is still the favorite. If When it's uh, late August and Geno is still taking first team reps, be afraid or be excited if you love Geno. Uh, but so, no, it's Drew. It's Drew. Uh, okay, so the Geno Smith thing weirds me out. Like, why is he even in the mix? There, they, We know what Geno Smith is. There's a true 0% chance that he becomes a starting caliber NFL quarterback at this point. Geno right? Smith is there in order to help facilitate teaching the offense. And so giving him those snaps, uh, basically 1A, 1B with Drew Locke, will allow him to help keep coaching him through as well as helping the rest of the team settle into the offense because he already had a year in it. It, it makes sense on you- that level. You have to play Drew Locke just because there is a non-zero chance that he goes Josh Allen. You have right? to let like Drew Locke he, play his way out of it. It's it's a, it's a it's a very low chance. It's a one out of a hundred shot. But there is a there is a chance that he just kind of figures it out, right, and becomes the good throws, and all of a sudden the bad throws are gone. And if that happens, then Drew Locke is a good NFL quarterback. So I don't I don't know how you can I don't know how you can possibly not start Drew Locke just to see. Just to see, there's you're not. This is not a playoff team. It, it it's very likely not a playoff team. So I don't know why you'd start if you think Geno Smith is five percent better than Drew Locke. Well, who cares? <laughs> like it doesn't matter. It should not. It shouldn't even factor into the equation. It's who who has a chance to become somebody. And at this point, it's only Drew Locke. So I, I would be so mad if we started Geno Smith more than like two or three games. All I'm saying is only one of those quarterbacks has been sucker punched by a backup linebacker on their team and suffered a broken jaw. Yeah, because he's a because he's a jerk. Uh, and he thinks the Earth is flat. I mean, I have so so many reasons to be anti Geno Smith. All right, Bobby Wagner did an interview this week. He said he didn't want to leave Seattle, but he's excited to play for the Rams. Uh, do you do you think there's do you think we should have kept Bobby? How about that? Let me frame it that way. Eric, should we have found a way to keep Bobby in the fold this year? Oh man, you're you're tugging at my heartstrings. Uh, the case for not keeping Bobby is blowing up the team so we can level it and get younger and be competitive in a season and a half or two and give Eric's one true love Cody Barton a shot. Uh, sure. Sure. I do. I do want to love Cody Barton. That's for sure. I, I want to have a fling with Cody Barton, uh, like maybe eight games, uh, Bobby Wagner, though, the case for keeping him, he's Mr. Seahawk. He's a legend. He's going to be in the hall of fame. He's going to be in the ring of honor. Um, he's still it, very good at his job. Uh, it only took 10 million in guarantees to get him into I know, LA. Like, I, I just, know. Looking I at just that, don't, that, that bothers me that we couldn't find a way to make that, that work. If, it was, if that's really all it took was 10 million in guarantees. Yeah. Like, and the 10, fact that the, the Seahawks just in a, in a off season where they needed a little bit of, you know, public play, a little bit more love, the way they handled Bobby Wagner leaving is kind of like, well, why don't we just fire these two guys? Because if you're not going to sit Bobby down and talk with him, like you're just going to forget to call 
the you could argue the backbone of your franchise over the last decade. Give me a break. Yeah, I'm Ryan, a pretty like, big defender of PCJS, but that's pretty indefensible. Yes. And his cap number this year is two and a half million. Like you're telling me you couldn't say him. He was obviously willing to negotiate. And if he preferred to be in Seattle, he didn't want to leave. I don't see how you just don't bring him back for two and a half this year. And it's 12 next year. And then you can basically cut him at that point. The dead money is nothing. But like, or you renegotiate again. But this just doesn't seem like it was very expensive to 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 bring Bobby back into the fold for a couple more years and let him finish his career where he started. That's the thing that sucks for me is that Bobby Wagner's a likely Hall of Famer, right? Mm-hmm. And at this point, like he doesn't now, he now no longer fits the criteria of getting his number retired by the Seahawks. Which to this point, uh, it is Hall of Fame player that spent their whole career with the team, and that's, that's on what us. you got to. And that's on us. Yeah, exactly. Like we could have kept him for three more years and he retires at 35 as, as a Seahawk. And it doesn't seem like it would have been prohibitively expensive to do. And from, from an emotional, uh, from emotional and like just optics standpoint, I think it was a mistake looking back at it. Like I understand why they did it. The team is not going to be good this year. Uh, his cap number was pretty high this year, but it does seem like he was willing to work to go to a place that he wants to go. And uh, I mean, his hometown is his second choice, right? That makes perfect sense to me. I wish he was on the Chargers instead of the Rams. Agreed. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, but, but I but, understand uh, but, why know. he would have wanted to play against the Seahawks. Like that's, that's him. Yeah. That's what we yeah. loved about him. And that sucks. Play, playing in LA and getting to play the Seahawks twice is like probably his second choice behind being on the Seahawks. So I just, I don't know. looking at now that we've had time to digest the contract and look at what actually happened i think if bobby would have signed this exact same contract with us we should have done it that's just a it's like it's a no-brainer for me and i just i think it was a mistake we even could have front-loaded it more because we have a bunch of cap room right now so yeah i'm I'm disappointed i'm overall disappointed i think i under i like the move i understand why they did it but it's it's a disappointment in the end so i agree eric i think we should have found a way I guess. Yeah. Um, Kevin, you're, you're in there too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, I think it's problematic that we didn't, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, not being over loyal to a player um, is, I guess, in vogue in the NFL right now, but I feel like Bobby's one of those guys we could have had retire as a Seahawk and it was by our own hand that that's not happening. And that's unfortunate. All right. Well, that's uh, that's that's basically our Seahawks uh, news and thoughts for the week. And at this point, we're going to get into the NFC uh, beast least. We'll 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 determine we'll determine uh, which which one it is uh, right now. So let's start off with the Dallas Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? Ooh, guys, uh, uh, still was last year went. Cowboys last year went 12 and five. They added Dante Fowler, James Washington, Ryan, fullback Ryan Nall and kicker Liram Hajralahu. They dropped uh, Amari Cooper, Randy Gregory, Cedric Wilson, and Lyle Collins. They drafted Tyler Smith, Sam Williams, and Jalen Tolbert. Uh, Seahawks connection. We have a player on our team named Dallas. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. You could have helped it. And I will see you next week. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Uh, No, welcome to the final episode of the Seahawks podcast because I just Uh, Shelby 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 Harris in Shelby Harris, as people don't know, was kind of a late bloomer. Uh, He bounced around the NFL for about three years. And in the 2016 season, he spent about a month on the Dallas Cowboys practice squad. And I think it's a cool story. Good job. Shelby Shelby Harris is uh no I try you'll see I tried to I try to break from the uh the obvious one yeah no I, I appreciate that but I, I don't normally uh, say anything I that was a, that was a good pull uh but yeah I, I think Shelby Harris's story is just cool in general like if you like start to look into him it's so Seahawks just this guy who like for whatever reason can't quite make it and then uh yeah he just he he finds a way he perseveres right he Pete loves that shit. Okay, uh, Eric. Oh, I was hoping you would not start, start us with off. me, but let's start go. us. Start us off. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Okay, my favorite thing in uh, looking into you know the NFC East was <laughs> if you look at anything in the NFC East, billions of Cowboys sites just come up. Like all the Cowboys sites, it doesn't matter how many you think there are. There are about ten more, maybe a hundred more, and they're all picking. 
the Cowboys to win the division, which is the best. Also, they tend to go in the division, what it's going to be. Would you guys care to wonder what the Cowboys are going to do in their own division? They're going to go uh, no, seven I... and one. They're going to go seven I... and one. Oh, I'm sorry. Someone I'm sorry. That... Not seven and one. That's... Five and one. Five and one. Thank you very much. They beat themselves twice. Uh, I actually, I actually agree I, with that. Take. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm totally. <laughs> I I'm watched totally their offense. They I, definitely beat themselves twice. I had the, I had them four and two in the division. Does that, does that work? Uh, really? Wow. Yeah, okay. But you'll, you'll, you'll see. You'll see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. What can we talk about the Cowboys? Um, Tony Romo no, no longer with the team. Their defense is not very good. Their secondary is um really going to hurt them. This is still the NFC least to me. I cannot stand this division. I don't like the Cowboys at all. Ezekiel Elliott is a conundrum to me. I would love to know. You know, actually, I'm going to pick Kevin here. I really want to know what Kevin thinks about Ezekiel Elliott this year. Uh, well, we can wait till you get to your little uh, spiel, which will come in like two seconds. But it's uh, I, I feel like this team is going to be middle of the road, and it might be good enough to win. But they're not my pick to win the division. Uh, so here's my thing about the Cowboys is that I think you saw from the, when I was talking about the players that they added, when I had to talk about how they added a fullback and a, and mm-hmm. a kicker and the Steelers fifth wide receiver uh, and like the, yeah, the number five wide receiver from a, a team. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't know what, what, what their, their off season was bad. And they had to get, they had to like basically beg Demarcus Lawrence to restructure and give him like a frankly pretty bad contract to, to, uh, to get, to get everyone in here under the cap. And now they're trying to negotiate with Dalton Schultz to get him off the franchise tag, but it's just not working out because yeah, that's, that's just, they're, they're kind of a mess. They lucked out. Micah Parsons is a generational talent that they just found like halfway through the first round in the draft. So they will have that defensive anchor to make sure that they don't suck too bad on defense. And then on offense, I like the I like the tools, I like the weapons, but Gallup is going to get back slow, which means we're going to be relying on James Washington and Jalen Tolbert to be on the field some, which, uh, okay, um, that's a thing you can do. And I do think that like lo- the losing Lyle Collins matters. You know, that's their, 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 their offensive line is, is bleeding a little bit. They still got Martin and Smith. And so they'll be, they'll be pretty good there. Uh, Dak is great. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I actually like, he played through injury almost the whole last season. The first four weeks of last season, Ooh. he was extremely good. And then he, he un, undisclosed injury. So he didn't tell anyone until after the season was over and got surgery. So like that, that kind of stuff, uh, is the kind of stuff that flies under the radar for people. I think the whole like Tony Pollard hype train is super overrated. This is Ezekiel Elliott's team. He'll be fine. He was actually pretty solid. Just never, he didn't have any splashy games last year, but still did pretty good across the board. Um, one thing to th- think about if you like love fantasy football and Ezekiel Elliott is that there's a lot of vacated targets on this team. Mari Cooper's gone. Michael Gallup's gone. Uh, those vacated targets often end up going to running backs and Ezekiel Elliott can catch the ball. So that's uh, that's kind of my... But can he be the bell cow, Nathan? I don't think he needs to be. I think Pollard will draw away, you know, 25 of his first and percent of his first and second down snaps. I actually think he used Zeke on third downs because he's like the best pass blocking running back in the league and he's a great pass catcher. So, so Pollard, like, I could actually see some two running back sets with the weakness they have at receiver. Yeah, just putting Pollard or Zeke in the slot and trying to make something work there. I could see it. I, I think they'll play a lot of two tight ends, to be honest with you. I think we'll see a lot of like Schultz and then like Jake Ferguson just staying in the block and help the right tackle kind of thing. <laughs> Which is fine. That's the thing you do when you're when your right tackle is Terrence Steele. Uh, so, so uh, yeah, I'm 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 medi- I'm mid on Dallas. I think they're worse than last year. They lost guys that mattered, and they didn't really do much to kind of backfill enough, in my opinion. Uh, Dante Fowler is not in a big enough get to me. Yeah, Dante <laughs> Fowler me. is not a Randy Gregory replacement. Uh, no. Spending a bunch of money to resign Dorrance Armstrong didn't do it. Sam Williams, yeah. we've talked about the limitations of a rookie edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Um, the Their interior defensive line is still questionable. Like, it is like Micah Parsons and dudes. The other thing is, I think all three of us would be in agreement. Trevon Diggs' performance last year, one half of it was sustainable, and the other half wasn't. 
The half oh, the getting the getting burned part everything is not sustainable. <laughs> the getting burned for terrible touchdown passes is very sustainable. Yeah, he's he, he there's a reason he got targeted so much, and it's not because he's awesome. Yeah, exactly. We saw that we we've experienced great cornerback play in Seattle with Richard Sherman. And <clears> did he get targeted a lot? Mm-mm. No, you you don't target the truly great corners, and uh, I would say he is a uh, not truly great corner yeah Trevon Diggs a three true outcomes corner which is like scary that is that is a frightening thing to be counting on on your defense so Mm -hmm. we have a questionable defensive backfield we have um a diminished pass rush and the other thing is Demarcus Lawrence has been playing with a lot of nagging injuries and he's missed time here and there he's had games where he's not at 100 he's a really good player and having him as a tandem with Micah Parsons rushing the passer is definitely something that will cover up flaws but and the cool thing about Micah Parsons too is they can move him all over the formation yeah that he's like such a weapon he's he's like good at blitzing from every angle so they can like play him at end play him at middle linebacker play him, but he play can him wherever also you cover, want so they can't just assume that he's blitzing because he could right. be your drop guy like yeah it's he's a pain in the butt to play against but it's I think there's reasons to think their defense won't be quite as good I think there's reasons to think their offensive line definitely won't be quite as good Connor Williams is a good player um Lyle Collins is a good player uh they replaced a couple of like B minuses with a rookie and Tyler Smith who really has some work to do before he's ready um he's like a great raw talent but he has some work yeah, we, to do. we might we might get a healthy dose of Connor McGovern Kevin which is uh that's something no worrying well I mean I want to see it because I don't like the Cowboys but like no one who <laughs> likes the Cowboys wants to see it yeah so I, I think yeah, I, I think that they're a team that kind of overachieved last year. I understand the metrics showed that they should have had it, but I feel like there was a lot of unsustainable play that led to it. So that 12-5 and five record last year, the other thing is 6-0 and oh in the division, man, that's really not sustainable. So uh, I have them, since I was last to go, I'll be first to drop record. I have them going 9-8 and eight and fighting for a wild card. I also have them at 9-8 and eight and in the, uh, in the wild card 7 mix. I have them eight and nine, eight and nine, because I don't, uh, it was, it was nine and eight for a long time. And I'm like, no, I'm looking at their schedule. I, they lost too many people. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in Ezekiel Elliott. That's really my main thing. Like, so I got to go eight, uh, eight, nine. Yeah. If I didn't think that the running backs were good, I would definitely be a little lower too. Uh, the giants last year, they went four and 13. They added Seahawks legend Mark Glowinski, Terod Taylor, John Feliciano, Justin Ellis. They lost Austin Johnson, Keon Crossan, Evan Ingram, and James Bradbury in the draft, adding Evan Neal, Kayvon Thibodeau, Wandale Robinson. Seahawks connection, Geno Smith inexplicably broke Eli Manning's consecutive start streak for the New York football Giants. <laughs> and you can never take so, that away from him. Nope, you can never take that away from him. So for some reason, they were like, you know what? This is an all-time NFL Ironman record, but... Gino, go get him, buddy. We need to see some Gino out there to see. Kevin, added, they added the new coach, Brian Dable, Wink Martindale of the D.C. Are you excited about the direction of the New York football giants? I am. They just have to, like, it takes more than one offseason to unscrew a roster. And that roster was bad. They had a they have a really bad roster at, from last year. They took a couple really good uh, moves. Uh, adding Glowinski and Feliciano, uh, drafting Evan Neal, that was the big influx of talent their offensive line desperately needed. Like their offensive line went from one of the absolute worst in football to like not crippling. Uh, I think that's a really big step forward. Like, uh, like we can talk about Shane Lemieux um, and like Feliciano didn't have a great year last year, but like everyone on that offensive line is at least competent, which is not something they've been able to say for a few seasons. I still really like the weapons. Like top three receivers, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony, and Sterling Shepard. That's not an easy group to deal with. Then, and then I got Slayton and Robinson too. Like this is a yeah. deep wide receiver group. This should they should be able to they should be able to. They always have injury problems <clears throat> in this wide receiver room, but they should be able to field three good players most of the time. <laughs> exactly. And Daniel Bellinger uh, is pretty athletic. Which is Evan Ingram's thing, but even if he's not working out, Ricky Seals Jones and Jordan Atkins, like I don't think the step down from Evan Ingram to Jordan Atkins is as big as a lot of people think it is. Like his name's just not quite as big. So this is a good chance for Daniel Jones to show whether they need to just leave. 
That's funny you said that because you said Atkins and his name is Akins, Akins. and so his name is not quite as big as you thought. Yeah, that's a good call. <laughs> it's um, just funny because that's exactly what you said, and that made me laugh. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think the offense is interesting. Uh, I think the defense has a lot to work on. Adding Thibodeau was a really necessary pass rusher. Uh, Aziz Ojolari in year two should be better. Um, yeah, Ojolari and Thibodeau is like a pass rush you can build around. Yeah, for sure. Well, and then Lawrence and uh, Williams is space eaters in the middle. Uh, and then adding uh, Justin Ellis too. Like their front seven's good. Their uh, their defensive backfield is kind of weird. They're on that. It's, like, what happens eh. if you only have slot corners playing? Yeah, it's it's okay. It's it's not like a it's not like a black hole, but it's not great. Yeah, it's a year away. They're, they this... they built towards competence, and I appreciate that. Yeah, the defense won't be a black hole. But uh, can we talk about Saquon Barkley? Yes. Okay. If here's the thing, man. Is this guy has so much talent. His quads are great. Everyone loves his quads. Uh, <laughs> this guy, this team will be great if someone can get in Saquon's ear and be like, hey, just take the take the, the four yards. This Not is why I was never to be as high on him. He's been that way since Penn State. Yeah, like just if someone can get in his ear and if Brian Dable can be like, hey, Saquon, what we really need from you is like just take what the defense gives you and sometimes you're going to break big runs and that's cool, but like, don't force it because we can't have negative plays. And if someone, if someone can drive that point home to him, this offense has the opportunity to, I think be actually like surprisingly good, shockingly good. But if he's just the Saquon Barkley, he's always been, and he's, you know, running, running sideways and back, trying to find a, a hole that doesn't exist and extending plays way too long and making all his offensive linemen tired. Uh, they'll they'll be average or below average on offense again. So I'm just like that's like what worries me about the offense. And uh, then the defense, like you yeah, said, I really that, wish that they gotten like a better like one B back to go with him too. It's it's hard to have a year two and a year one pass rusher be like your dudes. Uh, this is a defense that is probably a year or two away from being really really good. But they have the right coach. Brian Dable's awesome. So when they when they bring in, you know, if Daniel Jones has a great season and turns out that you know, hey, we want to extend him cool if not they're they're in position they're in great position to draft a quarterback mm-hmm. and brian dable has shown already he can develop a quarterback because he developed he did what what a lot of people think thought was might be impossible which is he turned josh allen into the best quarter what the best or one of the best quarterbacks in the league so they they've got the right guy to do that um yeah i think they'll be better but not a lot better eric what do you think about the new york football giants uh man this team had a had a really good uh first round of the draft and then after that it was all jets getting all the attention um that's <laughs> true uh the, it's true the jet the jets had the had the uh the they were the bell of the ball the bell of the ball uh their their lines got better defensive line got better offensive line got better glowinski getting paid six million a year by the way um oh, daniel yeah. jones and saquon barkley both kind of have to have years this year or they are gone and then it's total rebuild in New York. Uh, we've we've kind of said everything else I think we need to say. I kind of believe that Daniel Jones, I don't know if he's going to be a good quarterback, but I feel like he's going to take a step this year. And I think, you know, at worst case, that's going to complicate things for them to hang on to him. Uh, at best, maybe he becomes Josh Allen light. Um, with all that, I have this team going 7-10 uh, and 10 this year. I also have my 7-10. and 10. I'm at 6-11. and 11. Nice. Uh, so a small step forward for us all for the New York football giants. The Eagles last year went nine and eight. They added Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, Kaiser White, and AJ Brown. They lost Steven Nelson, Hassan Ridgeway, Rodney McLeod, and Jannard Avery, Avery. Drafting Jordan Davis, Cam Jurgens, and Nicobe Dean. Seahawks connection. Uh, so it's kind of an interesting story. Marquise Goodwin got traded from San Francisco to Philadelphia for a seventh round pick. Yep. Uh, he COVID opted out. And because of that, he uh, did not fulfill the terms of the trade. So the trade reverted back to San Francisco <laughs> after one year. So they had to give the seventh round pick back to San Francisco. Uh, and then they got and then they got Marquis Goodwin back, who they immediately cut. <laughs> so, uh, Man, Nathan, I mean, the, the, bag right the, now for the, the easy, the easy, these. the easy, the easy one was obviously Sidney Jones is drafted by the Eagles, but the, but I thought that that Marquis Goodwin story is kind of interesting. Uh, it's can never actually played for the Eagles, but they traded a pick for him. COVID opted out and then never did not come back. So Eagles, uh, yeah, Eric, what so do you think? He wasn't, he just never played for the Eagles. 
<laughs> Correct. Uh, fly Eagles fly, Eric. Are the, are the Eagles is this the is this the year finally? They someone said they have like a like a dream team. No, they didn't say that. He said I think he said like it's like an all star team, which is really working around that that dream team thing that really hosed them last time. Uh, do you do you think the Eagles look pretty good this year? Uh, the Eagles look um, better, I guess. Okay, so first of all, they had a good draft. Um, I like their draft. Um, the D tackle. Yeah, Jordan, up. Jordan, Jordan Davis, Davis is, at that late in the draft. I know he's a huge jerk, but come on, man. That's crazy. I big mean, jerks in football. Both he's huge and a jerk. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, guys. Uh, big jerks in, in the NFL don't ever seem to pan off. It's usually just uh, nice, nice guys who. On... <laughs> yeah, that's what the N in NFL stands for is nice. Nice, nice football nice. league. That's, that's what Roger Goodell thinks. Um, this, you better not celebrate, you guys. Um, Roger. <laughs> uh, Jalen Hurts was supposed to be like uh, shipped off this season and they were going to get better by not having Jalen Hurts. Ta-da! Jalen Hurts still here as the quarterback. Um, getting A.J. Brown, I think, was... I feel like that was a win-now move. Um, A.J. Brown isn't um, isn't like super old by any means, but it still felt like a win-now move, which I don't know. I would have just kept the pick if I was Philly. Um, I like the Eagles. Not enough to, not enough to really go anywhere. But man, I didn't like them last year, and they made the playoffs. So, uh, do I think this is the year for the Eagles? I don't know. They're in a crummy division, and is this a year for them to make the playoffs two years in a row? <sighs> yeah, I think it might be, boys. Eric, uh, you don't know how much I like the Eagles. This offensive line rules. Yeah, such a good offensive line. Uh, this these wide receivers, Smith and Brown. What a great. Uh, pairing there goddard will do great uh the jalen hurts is the 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 problem on offense but i don't don't forget don't don't forget the center they drafted i thought that was a really good move cam jurgens yeah Yeah. it gives him a nice it gives him a nice you know the story about that no it it gives him a nice insurance policy across the whole interior offensive line so jason kelsey literally uh literally told them after like in scouting he was like this is the guy who can do my job you should draft him and i will show him how to be me Oh, yeah, that's I mean, why Kelsey he, signed a one-year deal, right? Yeah, he's basically he's basically training Cam Jurgens. Okay. That's correct. That's that's like the that's like the story. And then the defense rules. Uh, Nicobe Dean in the third round is going to be an impact player on this defense. I guarantee it. Yeah, it's that was a, a great injury slip for them. I don't I don't know how they got him so late, but like it's uh, just like there was uh, big injury red flags. But if he turns out to be all right, that could be the steal of the draft. Yeah, they they need they, they kind of needed a middle linebacker. They went and got Kaiser White, who sucks. But so I was like worried, you know, like ah, oh, they're just not going to have that presence in the middle of the field. They get Nicobe Dean late. I'm like, okay, I'm back in. Uh, James Bradbury is better than Stephen Nelson. I mean, he'll make a make a big deal, you know. Oh, they lost Stephen Nelson. That sucks. James Bradbury's better than that, so that's cool. Uh, they replaced that. Darius Slay still good. Uh, the the front three guys: Hargrave, Cox, Graham. We all know. They're, they're amazing. And then adding Jordan Davis to that mix, who can spell all three of those guys. Uh, stupid. This is stupid. This, uh, this defensive line is stupid. I, I don't understand how this this happened. <laughs> um, they have all of these guys, and they're all good. Uh, this is a really good Eagles team. I think one thing about this Eagles team, though, is is like um, – so Jalen Hurts is the is the elephant in the room so to speak uh alabama joke okay so because they're they're their mascot's an elephant okay got it so Hey-o. the um here's the thing jalen hurts he's he has all of the personality qualities to that i love he's like the best he's just like the best but his accuracy is is all over the place especially over like 10 yards and so it's really hard for me to like Fully paid. I think this is like a great regular season team, a team that no one wants to play on a week to week basis. But in the playoffs, I think that that might change. This is like a this is like my regular season. Like this, these guys are going to be the regular season champs. But the the in the playoffs, I'm worried because Jalen Hurts can just kill you. And the thing is, is they have two good backup quarterbacks too. Minshew's solid, and then Carson Strong as an undrafted free agent. I think low key that was that was a that was a really nice pickup for them. He has the the makings of like he would have been a, a second or third round pick, maybe the number two quarterback in this draft if his knees were not My Carson knees? Strong's knees. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Kevin, what, Reed Sinnett's mom got really excited there for a second. Then you said Carson Strong. 
No, no. Reed Sinnett's <laughs> not going to make the team. Uh, okay, Kevin, what do you think about the Eagles? Uh, I think the A.J. Brown pickup can't be underestimated. Um, I'm actually opposite end of Eric on this one. Slotting him in as your number one receiver and allowing Devontae Smith and Quez Watkins to split slot snaps. Uh, picking up Zach Pascal, who's a capable fourth wide receiver, means that if Jalen Rager gives you anything, it's just a bonus. Um, Greg Ward is a very capable special teamer and, and backup receiver. Like another thing about AJ Brown too, Kevin, is he's already has a proven track record of I can produce with very limited snap with limited opportunities. Yep. Like he's not going to get a million catches like he, but he didn't get a million catches in Tennessee and he was still awesome. Exactly. And then that offensive line, like you said, man, it's, it's really good. Like it's deep and talented and highly capable. Uh, Sanders and Gainwell uh, uh, and Boston Scott, really like those three running backs and Kennedy Brooks will probably make this team and is another like decent kind of all around bigger back. That gives you a lot of flexibility in your running back situation. The offense kind of feels like a uh, better wide receivers and worse quarterback version of the Ravens. Yeah. And okay. so it's, for I like that, that reason, it's a really difficult matchup. Yes. Right. And the Ravens also have shown to be like a regular season champ team that struggles a little bit when it gets to playoff football, which I think is a very good. I think it's a really great comparison, Kevin. I didn't even think of that. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is um, the Hassan conservation theory is continuing in effect because they signed Hassan Reddick. So they had to get rid of a Hassan off their team. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, this is just a team that like their front office builds really good football teams. I'm still not a full believer in their coach. And like you said, I think they're more of a regular season built team than a playoff build team. But again, going last. So I'll go first. I'm going 12 and five in the regular season and winning the division. I have them at 13 and four. And uh, yeah, I think like this is this is the this is the one seed out of the NFC. But then. Someone comes to town in the second in the first playoff game and probably beats them. It's it's just like a team that that yeah they'll win a ton of games during the season. They're a matchup nightmare. Their defense is incredible. Their offensive line rules. They'll run all over people. But when you get to playoff football, it's just different. And when the you know the Vikings or the Buccaneers come to town in round two, I think that's tough. You have to be very competent to beat them. Tough, but if you're very competent, you'll beat them. Yeah. So I'm a thirteen four though. Uh, Eric, what do you what do you think about the Eagles? Man, I thought I was I was high on them. Uh, looking at their schedule, they they definitely have some layups, but any of the tough games, I don't really know if they'll win. I have them at eleven and six, winning the division. Yeah, the the uh, the it's kind of fortunate for them. They play the AFC South, which is like the the bad division, right? And then they play then they play their pickup game for getting second in their division across conference is the Steelers, <laughs> which, is, which is like a team that got a lot worse. So they kind of, they kind of lucked, lucked out a little bit in terms of like the way, like you said, the schedule is breaking very nicely for teams in this division in general, but especially uh, the, the Eagles. Can we All also right, take a second up- to, to appreciate the fact they had two first round picks and parlayed them into AJ Brown and Jordan Davis. Well done. Yeah, that's it's pretty sweet. Uh, okay, football team. Oh, I'm sorry, Manders. The <laughs> Manders, Washington, like it. Commies, the the Manders. Uh, okay, they went seven and ten last year. They added Carson Wentz, Trey Turner, Efea de Obata, and Alex Erickson. They lost Landon Collins, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brandon Scherf, and Ricky Seals Jones. Uh, in the draft, they added Jahan Dotson, Fedarian Mathis, and Brian Robinson. Seahawks connection, you know, the obvious ones, Mr. J.D. McKissick, right, will be their uh, third down back. But also Seahawks practice squad legend Justin Hamilton. Remember how many times we picked up and waved him in like the 2015 <laughs> to 2017 era? He was on the, the report like every week. But he is playing defensive tackle for the Manders. All right, Kevin, start us off. Command us. Um. <laughs> I really did not <laughs> like their offensive. Or I really didn't like their offseason. I'll, I'll just say that flat out. Do, do the Manders know how to draft? Uh, no. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. They they, don't. They're they don't. one step above the uh, Vikings team where the owner was so cheap, they made them like kick their draft back so that they wouldn't have to pay as much for the player. Uh, like in the last two years in the Ron Rivera era, like, what's a good pick they made? Sam Cosme? Yeah. That's it. I feel like they they have like one good pick. 
is Jameen Davis good? Like, no. I'm not even sure. He was a scratch last year. Like, he does. The thing is, he's very athletic. He doesn't know how linebacker works. Uh, Jahan Dotson he, felt like one of those. Oh, all the really good wide receivers got taken. I guess I'll take the one left. Another thing too about Jameen Davis, I like is that some people were like, "Oh, he's too fast." It's not a thing. <laughs> you can't. You can't be too fast. That's not. He's that, high end made- Kevin Pierre Lewis. <laughs> You made that up. Yeah, his PFF rating last year was 46. That's that's aggressively bad. Yeah, wow. Just like I I they still have a good front four, but their defensive line has gotten thinner. So they're really relying on uh Chase, Young Payne and Allen and Sweat to nothing. play a lot of snaps. Yeah. Chase Young did nothing last year. He too, was hurt like, and then he didn't play that well. They picked up Andrew uh Norwell and Trey Turner, which kind of makes up for losing uh Brandon Scherf, I guess. Um, by like, okay. you got rid of your best offensive lineman and picked up two average guards. I don't know, man. Like their offensive line is going to be worse. Their quarterback is not better. Carson Wentz is not an improvement on Taylor Heineke. Sam Howell might be the best quarterback on this roster. I would not want to be starting Sam Howell this season. Logan Thomas is completely unreliable. I don't know, man. Depends how much you like chicken strips. <sighs> Do you like chicken strips? Do you know... Did I tell you about? Did I tell you about Sam Howell, Eric? Did I tell you about that? <laughs> tell me more. Sam Howell. Sam Howell only eats chicken strips, basically, and he will go to a fancy <laughs> steak restaurant. This is literally a bit off of Shorty. <laughs> and bring his and bring his own chicken strips. Uh, I mean, <laughs> why this kid? Why go out? Why? Uh, you know what? Because like, like why they don't North pay me Carolina the money. quarterbacks. At least he knows what his first name is. It's like a team. Di- it's like a team dinner at a fancy steakhouse, and he busts out like the the raisin canes box. <laughs> he's like, Which "Hey guys, again, all of us are down with some good chicken strips, but come on, man!" Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, like I like their wide receiver core. Uh, shame it's wasted. Um, can't wait for Carson Wentz to launch it like twelve yards over them. For some reason, Ron Rivera hates Antonio Gibson. Uh, I I don't think adding Brian Robinson to this mix is a good thing because it's going to take more carries out of Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick already takes a pretty big share. And like Antonio Gibson showed last year when J.D. McKissick was out, he was so good catching the ball. And then when McKissick came back, oh, now we're not going to Antonio Gibson literally played wide receiver. (laughs) It's like, it's like, give me a break. Like got to put him everywhere. I hate how like last year during the offseason, they're like, yeah, man, Antonio Gibson is going to be our are uh, Christian McCaffrey. And I'm like, well, that might work actually. Like he's, yeah. he's really talented like that. And then they just like, didn't use him. And, also and Jack Del Rio is a piece of crap. I just wanted to make sure that we got that in there. Yeah. Um, I'm, so yeah, I, 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 I don't understand what they're doing with roster building. They have pools of talent amidst like black holes. This is a like studs and like stars and scrubs build of a team with scrubs at, you know, not important positions, only like quarterback, and safety and safety and like i like cam curl but bobby um, mccain come on percy butler like might win that job but again you're dealing with a rookie it's like uh how much do you really like cam curl though like is he dude cam curl like, got in trouble for trying to pick up an opposing team's cheerleader and get her number on the sideline of a college game how much right. do i There's like game. him a lot how much do i think he's great yeah, he's okay. He's fine. Uh, okay, uh, this 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 team, it's it's a it's a team. I I don't know. It's just that what they're doing is not. It's a work. football team. No matter how you, many it's, times you change the name, that's it's right. Just a Still a team. football team in Washington. It's just, it, it's just a. It's just, you can they're take the just football gonna be team okay. out of Washington, but you can't. <laughs> I don't know why they 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 traded. They bailed out Indianapolis from this Carson Wentz situation oh, by giving so them multiple trade. picks. I don't understand it at all. Like, even if they have extra picks, which they did, like, you're wasting them. Jahan Dotson is a really weird draft pick to me um, because there there are so many needs that they had, and their wide receivers aren't that bad. Not to mention he doesn't solve that need. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's just – it's just – We've seen Carson Wentz. He just throws it to one guy, right? Like over and over. Like last year, he just threw it to Michael Pittman a thousand times. He's just going to throw it to Terry McLaurin a thousand times. Like, that's cool. It's good if you have Terry McLaurin on your dynasty team or whatever, but it's not like, it's not great football or anything. And then he's going to miss easy, he's going to miss gimme throws on short passes. That's what Carson Wentz does. He makes, Which good thing he makes they don't like rely two, on their running backs making catches in that offense. He makes two awesome throws that like no one, literally no one else in the league can make. And then he's 
throws it, spikes it into the ground on a three-yard easy one to just give up a down. It's It doesn't make any sense. Uh, the defense is going to be inconsistent because that is what they what they have built for. Uh, it will be an inconsistent defense. Any any injuries except for maybe at a middle linebacker, they will be completely hosed. And so, well, so that's only uh, because they're already hosed at linebacker. I, I feel like they're linebackers. They have four guys who are a C minus or worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like the defense like, rest. Like David, David Mayo and Kaliki Hudson and Cole Holcomb and Jameen Davis. That's like that's like four C minuses. Okay. Uh, Eric, you got anything you want to say about football team? I just want to go to records. Uh, I, let me just do this real quickly. They were leapfrogged by the Eagles because the Eagles were the team that I thought were going to tread water for a while. And bad draft, terrible Carson Wentz decision. This is, this is a team that, like on the offense, it's a good line. They've got some good skill position players. This is a team that should be making the next step. This is a team that should be winning the division. This Carson Wentz deal, this decision, I like, bury this team. This, this is going to be the last year of them having a decent team with Carson Wentz, meaning they're going to have a bad team. Uh, they're, they laid a lot on Carson Wentz. Utterly unbelievable. I have this team. Uh, I'm going to go high on this record just because I, I believe in the team around Carson Wentz. I'm going to put them in at 7 and 10. I went 5 and 12. Uh, yeah. I also I went think 5 that... and 12 because they were 7 and 10 last season and got worse. Yeah, I just think that they'll be like it's the Giants have passed them now as like the team on the rise. Now, now the Commanders are in the team that doesn't know how to draft, has a bad owner, is stuck in a crappy situation with a kind of mediocre coach. Doesn't really seem to have his team's ear. I, I they need to, they need to clean house, but that starts with the owner. No one wants to work for that guy. No, so it's like going to be hard for. I them wonder to why. Play. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, no, it's not, it's not a big mystery. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so once again, we all kind of on agreement. Eagles first, Cowboys second, Giants third, Commanders fourth. I think we all, I think yes. we had the same order, even yep. if even if we didn't all get there the same way. Uh, one thing to remember about the Washington football team, though, is they are the home of a Corn Elder now. So, guys, if Corn Elder, Corn Elder, respect your elders. Yeah, we've got to respect Corn Elder. Okay, uh, there there are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast. The best way to do so, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. And for as little as $1.24 a month, uh, join the Discord. Come hang out with us. Uh, also, uh, you know, tell us uh, why we're wrong about everything. Uh, big ups to Andy, Brett, do it all for the Tucci, Evan, Floctimus, Greta, James, Joe, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Blake, Bob, Casey, Daniel, David, Foles, Jay, Michael, Michelle, Mike, Mike, Richard, Thomas, Werewolf, Brandon, Nick, and everyone else who supports the show. Also, we are now at 68 Patreons due to, you know, like people forgetting to update their credit card information and stuff. We, <laughs> we need one more. But we need we need one more. Yeah, that's exactly exactly right. Like I'm fine with having having only 69. That's the perfect number to have. So one person just join up. You know, to be that be number 69. Be our be our champion. Uh, Jason Kelsey, or, we appreciate you as well. Or you know, like 300 and uh, 351 people could join up. That's also acceptable. Yeah, that would be cool. But I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna set realistic goals. Uh, okay. You know, I'm I'm sending a smart goal, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> People, people who know. This know. is July. Uh, that, that, I don't do that, that joke. In July. That, that joke played for like fifteen of the of the two thousand people that listened, but it really <laughs> played for them. Okay, uh, now let's get into it. Uh, today, oh, for the for the first and probably last time ever, I'm going to allow something that I just I would have said it if you would ask me a year ago. I would I ever allow this? I would say no. No, I will not allow this. But uh. We're going to forego movie club. It's not going to be food related this time. No, this is going to be the first and maybe only Seahawks Nest Mariners Club because the Mariners have won, I don't know what it is, 13, 14, 13, 13 in a row. games. Yep. Uh, they are playing the Rangers tonight for number 14. They're 50 and 42. They are first in the wild card or are they second in the wild card? Uh, second uh, in the wild card to the Rays still by yeah, either by game half and a half a game. or half They're a game. No, just half a game. Yep. We're just half a game behind the Rays for the lead in the wild card. Run differentials at 32. We're sitting pretty. We actually look like a competent and good baseball team. Fun differentials so now we're gonna, off the charts. 
Now we're going to, no, this is not fun differential. They're not winning every game by one run. That's like why I'm willing to do this is because like the fun differential team, if you asked me like, Hey, can we do, uh, can we talk about them a little bit on a podcast? I'd have been like, no, because they're not actually any good. There's no chance that they'll actually do anything in the playoffs because of, you know, this, this fun differential stuff is unsustainable. I don't like it. Uh, this team is, has a sustainable style of success. Do you mind if I uh, set the table? One, uh, so, uh, I mean, in what way? Like, what? What? Because I was about to do something similar, but like, uh, uh, I want to talk, talk about uh, the broad, uh, broad Mariners. Oh, you want to talk about how bad the Mariners have been? Trivia. Okay. Yeah. No. So, okay. So, <laughs> uh, go ahead, Kevin. Band. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He said it right. He said it right. So, uh. So the Mariners were founded in 76, 77. Um, It took them 15 seasons to post their first winning record. It took them 18 seasons to make the playoffs for the first time. They proceeded to then make the playoffs exactly four times in seven seasons and have then missed the playoffs for the subsequent 20 seasons. They have zero World Series appearances, zero World Series victories, and have posted losing records in 30 of their 45 seasons. Your we also have Seattle a banner. We also have a I, banner that says "We got there." Twice. Yeah, so there's a. We, they literally <laughs> have a. They, that's no. They that's have important. A banner in the stadium that just says like the number of wins they got in one season. Because and that's two, how bad and, they are. And the two times we made the AL Championship Series, which is I. No team in baseball has a "We got there" banner. <laughs> I I often make fun of the Mariners because it's just such a poorly run franchise for years and years and years and years. It is um, one of the most poorly run franchises in sports in, in, in the history of sports. I mean, they are, they're up there. I mean, John, didn't John Boyce make like a six part series about how badly the Mariners yes, are. And if you get like a chance to see it, and he's also said, if they make the playoffs or world series, he'll add another piece because he's John Boyce yeah. and that's what you do. <laughs> so, um, but this team is, is, trending towards likely to make the playoffs at this point because they keep adding teams to the playoffs because they feel bad for the Mariners. So they keep adding more playoff teams because they're like, <laughs> eventually if we add enough, the Mariners will make it. Um, but they won't have to have... Couldn't make the playoffs. They Ironically, have to have a, oh. they might make a playoff spot that already existed at the rate that they're going. The uh, they, they won't have to have a Hall of Fame level baseball pitcher play his entire career in the uniform and never make the playoffs and pitch in a playoff game, Felix Hernandez. So yes. the, the, the this this is why I get so mad about the Mariners, and I think like people in the Discord maybe are like off put by how a- angry I am. But like, you just squandered a, one of the best hitters at the same time in Ichiro as well. Yep, I poured a lot. I pour a lot of my like sports fandom into Mariners early in my life. The Mariners were my like first favorite team. Uh, the Mariners and the Sonics. You know, it's like Sonics and Mariners were like one A one B. I didn't really care that much about football. Mid nineties, they were both fun and good. I also didn't play football like I played baseball and I played basketball and those are like my favorite sports. And I think I like just watched a lot of Mariners and then I just got so bitter about the Mariners. And then I got to an age where I could figure out how to watch Cubs games and I have family relations that played for the Cubs. So I just started watching the Cubs and was like, I just hate the Mariners. They make me too mad and I can't I can't invest. So I always joke that I won't watch a full Mariners game until the magic number is one. And I stuck to that. Um, I So far this year, I have not watched a full Mariners game. I turn the game on if there's extra innings, but I, I do follow it on my phone and Twitter. <laughs> like I, I see all the highlights. I see like a lot. I see a lot of the game, but I don't He's watch. He's social I'm media not gonna, stalking him. He's social media stalking I'm, his ex. <laughs> I'm not going to watch a full game, though, until the Magic Numbers won because I just can't this, with this team. But this is a really fun version of the Mariners. Uh, they have so many young players that are really fun to watch. Uh, Ty France, J.P. Crawford, Julio, of course, the rookie of the year. Uh, they have all these young players that are just really, really, really fun to watch. They have great pitchers. Uh, Robbie Ray is the reigning Cy Young Award winner. He's really good. Then they've got good young pitchers, Logan Gilbert and Chris Flexen. I hate Matt Brash, but he's you know supposedly good. <laughs> I, I will die on this so that Matt Brash is not that good. George I'm more Kirby than is looking like he's going to be a real piece. But, George Kirby's going to be a dude for sure. I think this is just a really fun team to watch. And it's a fun, it, it'll be fun right here because we're going to pronosticate about it like we would with the, with the, with the Seahawks. We're going into the All-Star break. We are, what, two games away? One game away? It's one game not away. not very far. It's one game today. away from the All-Star yeah. break. If they win today, so they move into, basically, they are the third best record-wise team in the American League. 
And don't yeah, forget so- the AL East this year has every team is above 500. Even the Orioles, one game above 500. That's that's a big deal for the Mariners. Who fittingly are one game behind us on their win streak. So as we move into as we move into the All Star break, okay, the Mariners obviously should be thinking about how do we finish the season? How do we finish the job? Right. This is a team that at this point looks like buyers on the uh, on the open market. So I think let's start with that. Let's start with with what 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 do we think are some moves the Mariners could make to push themselves over the top to make themselves go from a team that's likely to make the playoffs to a legitimate uh, like. MLB like like World Series contender. How do we get into the the Houston, New York Yankees uh, echelon, right? Cuz those are the top two teams in the AL. I think those teams are very clearly the favorites, especially the Yankees. Uh that how do we push ourselves up to say, "Hey, like we we, we want to make a run at these teams." What do what, what do the Mariners need to make that happen? So, Eric, what do you think? What what's the what's the missing piece? What should we be looking for in the uh in the trade market? Uh, you know, I think showing up the bullpen is always a good idea, always important, but recently there's been uh rumors about maybe the Mariners going after Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals. And that would be that would be something I'd be into. Uh hitting outfielder um, I don't think that trade's going to happen, but if if we're shooting for the moon, I think a a hitting, uh, good defensive outfielder, or you know, really any piece infield or outfield that we could do, uh, I'd be I'd be all for. Uh, if we got Juan, Juan Soto, would be such a big push into push. It'd be pushing our chips into the middle, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, it it he rejected a four hundred plus million dollar four forty right uh, trade. Um. It does seem like he's heading to the Dodgers to me just because uh, they they are willing to just put money out there, right? In a way that the Seahawks are not. Our, Mariners. Uh, this Mariners. is my biggest problem. Mariners, sorry. Mariners are not. This is my biggest problem with the Mariners is that like this year, it did look like the roster was close and I really felt like they should have spent up in free agency a little bit more. Maybe like you said, like a couple bullpen arms or like just one more big bat. Because like this lineup does need like one more like really – plus plus hitter and it would be like the best lineup in the league and whether that's a second baseman or just a, a dh that i believe in because personally i'm not i'm not uh, carl santana is not the guy to me he cranks left-handed hitters but like he needs to hit, hit right-handed hitters too right carl santana too. is actually s- turning into a great trade but he's not the answer he's he should be basically your Luis Soho off the bench once we get someone like Juan Soto. Yeah, a bench bat yep. and maybe playing one game at first base plays, and one game play at each week. You play him against every left-handed pitcher because he cranks left-handers, and then you and then you maybe spell him in every once in a while against righties if someone needs a day off. But like you got to play him against every lefty just because he's his OPS his OPS this year and in career is like 825 against lefties. Like it's it's very good, but he's like in the 600 now against right-handed pitching. He just can't hit it like he used to. I don't know why he's a switch hitter. Maybe he should just bat from the other side all the time. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so so yeah. So so okay. So we're looking at Juan Soto. Uh, what Marte and Brash? Is that is that enough? No. Is would you and would you would you even want to give up Marte and Brash? No. For Juan Soto, like no, that, it would be, it'd be guy. probably Marte, Hancock, um, probably Brash. a major league piece, Brash, I think, and I maybe think another top trade. prospect. I, it's the thing else. Here's the thing about Soto, okay, is that he's 23. I like, I can totally talk myself into giving this guy $500 million over the next 10 years because he's this will be 33. <laughs> Because he's twenty three, he's so young, and like it's it's uh, it's not it's not like other guys where oh he's gonna start off. He's just he he's like so so young. We could just play him at DH in in the end, spelling guys in the outfield. He's he would be yeah. I think it's I think it would be a great move. I don't know if I don't think he wants to come to Seattle. I think, I think that's be, a part he's of a left handed power five, hitter. That's what it is. It'd be four or five pieces. It'd be probably Marte, Kalanick, and Hancock would be oh, the three to headline. Oh, Jared Kalanick, get him out of here for sure. I agree with that. Yeah, get, if you could, if he <laughs> I forgot he exists. I feel yeah. like those three probably are the pieces that it starts with, and then you have to give two other like really high upside minor leaguers. And giving up Hancock and Marte is um, 
that's challenging. Do you know what's going to happen is something that I hate a lot, which is that the Cardinals are going to end up getting Soto for like prospects that I don't <laughs> care about, that no one cares about at all, because that's what they do. Best fans of Cardinals just end, Cardinals just end up getting everyone, or I think Goldschmidt, Arenado, like they get all these guys for like nothing. I don't know. It's very annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the Cardinals so much. Um, I'm not okay, even a so Cubs fan, and I agree with that. What, if, what, if, what if, uh, what, okay, so Soto, Soto is, uh, Soto is the grand is slam swing. That would be like if we were swinging for the fences, we're trying to win. In the age thing, it works. Okay. Who are some uh, other players that we might be looking at? Um, I think uh, Reds have a combination of a middle infielder and starting pitcher that I think would address what we need. Um, if we were able to get Drury to play going second back, base and get uh, Tyler Mail, going back to the going back to the uh, the Reds. Yeah, I mean it worked well for us last time. It's true. <laughs> um, and I also feel like uh, uh, is it Mail? I think it's M A H L E. Um, I don't watch as much baseball as I used to, but he's a guy who right now one of the challenges with our pitching staff, and this is what separates like a great playoff team from a regular season team we've got two pitchers in logan gilbert and uh robbie ray who their fielder independent pitching stats basically how much do they heads up beat batters which you have to do against good hitting teams both of them are good like they're like high quality well above league average uh we get a lot of quality innings out of chris flexen and barco gonzalez but the two of them are putting a lot of balls in play and relying on the defense to make a lot of plays. Yeah, they're just in. I mean, I love those guys, but they're inning eaters. Innings they're eaters. great they're guys, guys at your fourth and fifth spot. Right. You need those guys in the regular season to like play a full to play a 162 game schedule. You need Marco. You need those guys. Those guys are great. But like in the playoffs, I would rather not start either of those guys if I could avoid it. Like because you really need to you you need the good stuff to to beat the the really great lineups like the Yankees lineup or the Houston's lineup and stuff like that like would you go try to get david bednar like like the the pirates guy like the the, the top the top level no uh, because i feel like you'd end up having to give up uh i don't see how you make that deal without giving up emerson hancock that's what they would ask for in return and emerson hancock will be that guy in a year he'll come in next year and be george kirby and george kirby will come in next year and be a number three starter who has good stuff and then in a couple years, we're going to have Robbie Ray, who's aging, so he won't be quite as good. But our staff will be anchored by Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, and Emerson Hancock. And normally, you can't count young pitchers like that because a lot of things can happen. But these are all players that are already in the major leagues or are really far along in their development. It's not like you're counting on like rookie ball or like high A ball arms that you never know if it'll pan out. Like these are these are pitchers that are already here or are really close. Did you um? Did you guys hear that right at the beginning of the podcast? Ty France is on the All Star team now. Yeah, I saw that. Oh no, I missed that. That's good. He deserves like, to be on like, there. It was like stupid. That it was like wasn't. right. It was like right when we started. Good for the, him. The Ty Brand France, man, news. what a trade. So, yeah, I think like I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Well, it's talk tough about your you, trade that we talked about before because I think that brings up well, another good point. I think like I, if I'm in if I'm in it, we need to get like a reliever. And we need to get like a like a bat that we can just use to kind of spell different guys and also play DH a lot against right-handed pitchers. Because obviously, like, in my opinion, uh, I don't want to play Carlos Santana against right-handed pitchers if I can if I can avoid it. Right. So I would go to the Cubs and I'd say, give me Wilson Contreras and give me Robertson, which is like their closer who has been lights out because Contreras is going to be he's, he's going, like 56 off his, years old, so he won't cost that much. Yeah, and, and Robertson's like thirty-seven, and Contreras is, is is he's proven at this point to be like a just a guy who gets on, on base machine. He's not going to be the best catcher in in baseball, but he's solid enough behind the plate to spell Raleigh when you know it's like a when it's like a left-handed pitcher, right? And they want to get Santana and Contreras into the lineup at the same time, and then you could, I think it could work. That, that's the kind of deal I think they should be looking at. It's I don't a, think he's significantly worse catcher than uh torrens right now who's the backup catcher and he's a way better bat so basically him taking yeah. torrens spot which you could definitely ship torrens off to the he, cubs so they have a catcher in the meantime right and then and the thing too is that you just 
I don't, you want to make a deal like that, like a above average bat that you can use to kind of plug in the lineup. If more injuries happen mm-hmm. or if, uh, just a guy that can play DH and, you know, cause can, he plays DH for the Cubs now all the time. And so, so he, he doesn't play catcher every day. And then the, uh, the other thing is we need relievers. I think Eric's right. Like we needed, I think you just stock the bullpen and you try to get it as cheaply as possible. I like think that is something work- you can get cheaply. That seems to come. I mean, you could get a Kellenic for like a, a really good long relief arm if you wanted to, well, I think. That's the thing. I think Kalanick is even too high. Like you just give some, give up some guys who are pretty far away, right? Five years away, six years away. These guys that are just starting in the system and give them up for, for like really, really solid bullpen arms. I think that's a, that's a way you can really make a run. I, that, I think they need to push in though, either way, like no matter what this, they need to show that they're, they're serious right now about, about winning because they off season, I feel like they kind of, they they pushed in a little bit with the Chris Ray deal, and I loved that. I was like, "This is it. They're doing it." And then they went and got Frazier and Suarez. Yeah, and Winker, getting right? uh, signing Robbie Ray was a really big slap, splash, and it was a weird off season because of the quasi lockout. Yeah, but I and definitely so, think adding one more big piece would have been a like we'd already be over the top right now. Yeah, I think they're close. This is a team that's really close to being a, a World Series contender. It's just. Like listening, it's an almost World Series contender. Listening to podcasts before the season started on baseball, the the perennial experts, you know, the the people that have been on radio and podcasts for a long time. Uh, I'd say voices I respect. Um, they they said that the Mariners are going to probably have a regression year and then start competing hardcore next year. That was almost the consensus. I was like disappointed. I was like, what? I thought I thought we were gonna be good this year. And so until this winning streak, I was like. Wow, this is panning out exactly how they said. Looking at what's on the horizon, looking at all the talent we have, but now this winning streak—I think it's changing things. And I don't know. I I don't want to do a Bedard level trade, but I don't want to be scared to go in on like a, you know, a Soto type. Deal. I mean, that's what I like in like, this case though. Was... People people keep saying like, "Oh, Kyle Lewis and Mitch Haniger will be back," and it's like, I think those guys have shown at this point you cannot rely on them to stay healthy. Like that is like a, that, that is adding, if those guys stay healthy, that is adding the bats that we need, right? We need a True. DH bat that can kind of come in and Kyle Lewis into pitching and we, never we need a guy who can spell the outflows, but those guys just can't stay healthy. And I don't, I don't think relying on them would be very smart. I think like you want to add an infield bat or like a, like a catcher bat that you can use some to like, I'm not saying like bench Raleigh. I think like a lot of people would say like, oh, you're trade for a catcher. You're just going to bench Cal Raleigh. He's good. I agree. He is good. That's why you just, you play this guy. You pick someone who's good enough to play at DH <laughs> because then you can play him at DH a bunch and then only, you know, bench Raleigh on the gates. He's going to take off anyway because catchers can't play every day. <laughs> they just, they don't. Even the good ones, they don't play every day. Yeah, too physically like demanding six, a position. He has like what, 60 something starts this year, I think. And then Torrance has like 30. So yeah, like that. They, they, that's not, that's what's going to happen is he's going to take days off and then you use the DH catcher to, to kind of spell him on those off days. I, I don't know. I think this is a really talented team. It's exciting. It's exciting for the Mariners to be fun. And um, it has that 95 magic, feel. Can't wait for that magic number to be one. So mm-hmm. I can watch a game from start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> don't be scared, Nathan. Don't be scared. I'm not, I'm not doing it. Cause I think it's part of why they're good. Okay. Um, it's baseball. I, I, ma- I made a commitment. I made a commitment. It was the season, the, the COVID season during that COVID season. I got so mad that I, I was like, I'm not watching a full Mariners game again until the magic number is one. And so then I got to stick to it because otherwise, yeah, like the, it could change the karma. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to change the karma of the team. This is important. Uh, once the magic, once the magic numbers one, though, I'm in. I'm on. I'm on. I'll be the last guy on the on the watching the full game of the Mariners bandwagon. <laughs> it's a good plan. Uh, so yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement. As long as we can we can keep our good pitching prospects, our really good pitching prospects. Except for I'm obviously willing to 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 uh to get rid of Brash, um, but but every, everyone else, uh, I think I'm down with pretty much any trade that they decide to make. Depoto has earned our trust at this point, in my opinion. As like a, we can definitely trust him to make good decisions, uh, that that are push the franchise in the right direction. This franchise has not been moving in the right direction like this in a long time, and so yeah, that's pretty much it. Anything else, you guys? No, that's it. No, I like it. All right, All right. 
Uh, bring your Mariners thoughts to the Discord. Bring your Seahawks thoughts to the Discord. Hopefully, next week we have a more engaging Seahawks story than Skittles are banned. Bring uh, your, uh, bring your Kraken thoughts. We're always in <laughs> for hockey we, talk. Hopefully, we, fi- we finally start to get oh, some yes. real Seahawks stories going. Uh, for Eric, for Kevin, we'll see you guys next week. Go Hawks.